0: us, a grace, to learn to worship you with all our being as Paul and Mary so beautifully exhibit, not just on Sundays, but each and every day, every hour of every day. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. We've been talking about worship and what is worship, what isn't worship? And in any day and age there's always a need for unpacking and analyzing or looking more intentionally at what we're doing and how much how has it been um, compromised by the very culture we live in So that's why I'm so keen on focusing in, on worship as we have been. Not the least to be said that I want us to be like Paul, those who are pressing in, leaving the past behind, and straining forward to what lies ahead, to press towards the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus we were made for worship. It's in our DNA. It is how we were designed. Yet, it's easy to lose sight of that. It's easy in this week's myth that I'm wanting to unpack the idea that worship, to think that worship is just a part of my life. Something I do maybe on Sunday, maybe I do a little in the mornings, but that's it. But the shift that I want to challenge us to make in our thinking is the idea that actually worship isn't a part of my life, but that it's all of my life. We were made to worship all day, all along. We were made to worship the Lord. The fact that we're wired for worship shows up very clearly if you look at why are we drawn to sports activities as we are. There is this need to be called up to something bigger than ourselves. Why do we? are we so fascinated with celebrities that there's something bigger about their lives than ours? Even the worship of money does that same thing. Reality is is that authentic worship is a natural response to a proper understanding of God. Worship in its truest form is an offering of our entire life up to God in a moment-by-moment, day-by-day activity. The reality is, is that everyone worships something. We can't help it. That is how we are wired. You were created to worship. And if we choose not to put God at the center of that position of worship, it will just naturally be filled with something else. You may not mean to do so, but it's just what happens. So if God created you and you can't help but worship, it makes sense that your worship is intended for God and God alone and for his glory. So the goal of worship is to put God in his rightful position and his focal point in our lives just as the sun is the focal point for the earth's rotation about it. Every individual needs a focal point around which to revolve. And God's plan for you and I was that he would be at the very center. Now that doesn't always happen. No one is walking around without a focal point, actually. Every person you know has something at the center of his or her life, where, whether it's money or career, family, spouse, pleasure, or something else, every every soul is wired to revolve around something, around a specific point, whether intentionally or chosen by default. And I think as we dig deeper, we have an opportunity to uncover a startling truth that you worship whatever you put at the center of your life. Now, in today's gospel story, we have two wonderful examples. Mary's focus is on Jesus. She's got him at the center of her life. She gives all of herself, In her worship of Christ, she breaks open this costly perfume that, get this, the equivalent in our day and age would be about $10,000. That's some pretty high-priced perfume. Perfume designed for anointing the dead. In contrast, we see Judas... And he has money at the center of his life, and we know how that turns out. He can't understand Mary's actions of pouring out this costly perfume on Jesus anointing him. He doesn't get it. Because Jesus isn't at the center. So coming to clarity about who or what is at the center of our lives is a perfect thing to be doing during Lent. It can be horrifying at first, but in fact it is the very first step to any meaningful course correction of repentance. How many times have you known a teenager to fall in love and suddenly seem to worship the object of their affection? The person's bow has become their focal point. We can't help but worship what is at the center of our lives. If you talk with someone who says he doesn't worship anything, he's simply blind to this truth. He worships something, he can't help it. If he doesn't know what he worships, the chances are good that he's worshiping himself which is a common current and recent culture. Don't misunderstand me. Placing great importance on your career, your health, on your children, your spouse, isn't a bad thing. That's not what I'm saying, of course. You want to provide well for your family. You want to love the people around you. We're called to that. You want to give them the best you can. But it's all about having the right priority in your life. None of these are bad in themselves. All are good, but they were not designed to be at the center of your life. You weren't designed to be at the center of your life. You aren't eternal. Your family your money are eternal. Only God is eternal. Only God is that big. The solid focal point of our life has to be something bigger, something bigger than we are, that is truly worthy of worship. I would say that we probably all know this deep down, which is why we're so quick to become involved in things that are larger than ourselves. We're drawn into stories, the mission, and endeavors that touch a nerve of the truth that makes us feel like we're connected to a bigger picture. The reality is, is that nothing we can experience on this earth will ultimately fulfill the God-shaped core of our lives. Only God is big enough for our worship. You see, true worship involves putting him in the rightful position at the center of our lives and allowing him, him to permeate our everyday being. By the way, it happens that whatever you worship is what you become. If you put yourself on the throne of your life, you're going to become selfish. Look at what happened with Judas. If you worship money, you'll become materialistic. Again, like Judas. This is the natural cause and effect, so we need to worship something that's going to draw the best out of us and form us into what we were created do. I would say that is to worship God. When we make God our focal point... We're drawn into him. We fall in love with him. We become like him. We open ourselves to the reality of who we were meant to be. So now is the opportunity to ask that question. What is at the center of your life right now? What have you made your focus? What are you spending your days revolving around? How do you figure it out? Well, the easiest way is to take a long, hard look at where you spend your energy and your money and time. If you were to show me your checkbook and your calendar, it would be pretty clear to see what you worship. Whatever you put your time and money into, not what you give lips of service to, that's what you worship. Your heart may want to tell a different story, but your time and money don't lie. So I invite you to take a step back and consider the trail of hours and dollar bills that you leave in your wake. What are they geared towards? Is it pleasure? Is it food? Is it toys for your kids or grandkids? Whatever it is, That's what you most value. That's what's at the center of your life. That's what you worship. Well, the good news is is that you and I would plan for God's pleasure. God wants us to take pleasure in Him. And what I would say in this to what it is it you worship is the grace is that you can simply repent and say, God, I've come to realize I've put food, I've put work, I've put this, I've put that above you. Help me to make a change. Change that. And that's what I want to help you have a picture of. I want to give you tools to help you to do that. Do you remember the first time you fell in love? Or maybe it was with your spouse. Wasn't it true that your focus was totally on that person? They were the first person that you thought of when you woke up in the morning. They were the first person that you thought of when you were sad. All you wanted to do was just be with that person. Do you remember that? married for many years, and maybe it's hard to remember that. But no doubt, you couldn't get enough of that other person. You didn't want to be away from them, the two of you together. That was all that mattered. Well, worship is all about falling in love with God entering into a relationship which we can't get enough of him, there is a depth beyond our imagining, wide and broad for us to tap into, and we haven't even scratched the surface. Imagine thinking of him constantly, what to, wanting to do things to bring him pleasure simply because you love him. Wanting to bring him all of your life, everything about yourself. These are the feelings being expressed as we see Mary's actions. She has done an emptying of herself, of her greatest treasure. Coming and breaking that jar open and anointing his feet She broke custom. She broke boundaries out of the love. So pure for him. The reality is, is that feelings like this don't come naturally. We have to work on them, encourage them, nourish them. Just like in marriage, you have to work at staying connected, keeping that relationship alive. The Bible says that we need to be reminded to turn our thoughts to God every hour because if we don't, our mind begins to wander. As the psalmist says in Psalm 113, from the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Now, I'm in the business of connecting with God and prayer. That's my work. And yet I can go a whole half day and not have thought of him. So one of the things that I'm trying is daily reminders of prompts, hourly reminders to turn my attention back to him, but for a moment. It may seem extreme, but I want to press in like Paul is talking about. I want more of that depth for myself and for you. I want to know a love like Mary had for Jesus. I want my heart to be fully his and everything else to fall in line with that. What he's talked about, a place to start, is just choosing to start your day with 15 minutes of just sitting in his presence in silence. You might even try the breath prayers throughout the day, just being reminded of your dependence on him because that's, that's the picture Mary's showing us is that she's thrown to the wind probably a key piece of her financial stability to worship him. We've talked about the idea of starting your day with prayers and not saying amen, but then going through the day with a continual conversation to help you to make that mental shift to the truth that we are made for worship all day long. Some people put systems in place with an hourly alarm to remind them to come before God for a few minutes. Whether you put a tool in place or have something that you wear that reminds you, it's all about remembering to turn your thoughts to God. Imagining saying to God, God, I'm not going to let an hour go by without turning my attention to you, without acknowledging how worthy and glorious you are. And as you will do that, it's like training a toddler. We're training ourselves in the way of worship. We'll begin to turn to God. More often, without those little reminders... And worship will become not just a lifestyle, but a life. We'll begin to speak to the Father with thanksgiving and love on a consistent basis. This dialogue will be ongoing. You want to have a relationship with God not just a part of your life, but all of your life. Living a life of worship means living a life focused on pleasing an audience of one. The one. Our creator. That's what Mary demonstrated with her lavish gift, anointing Jesus' feet with her costly perfume, wiping his feet with her hair. She was all in. He was all in in loving him. She seemed to have heard and believed his warnings that he would have to die and she anointed him before his death in the most intimate, selfless, courageous way. Not caring what others thought being sold out for him. She demonstrated a love and dependence on him that is a model for us. And so this is my prayer for you and I, that may our hearts be poured out like costly perfume before the Lord as we learn to worship him with thanksgiving for his gifts of love as part of our everyday life. Amen.